You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free, helps support us, and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's episode of The Pod, we're going to be looking at Winnipeg versus Edmonton in a rematch from earlier this week. This one is going to be a road game for the Jets, and uh, I was curious to know how Winnipeg would respond after a pretty good dominant win in Tuesday night's pretty high-scoring affair. Uh, in that game, I know that the shot clock looked a little bit maybe deceptive. Um, obviously, the Oilers did have a pretty big I would say a game-chasing attempt to try and claw back in, but for the most part, the Jets were pretty much in control, so I wasn't too worried, and just like that, the Jets saw it out 5-2. to two. It was a nice victory, and overall, I think Winnipeg very much deserved the win. Against the Oilers on the road, though, I did kind of expect Winnipeg to take maybe a bit of a step back. I just feel like it's hard to do that on the road and replicate such a strong performance, but to my surprise, in the opening 20 minutes, the Jets look pretty darn good. It's interesting because oftentimes Winnipeg has had games where they'll have strong performances one night and on the next they kind of go back to looking like more of like a lottery team, right? Uh, the consistency with the squad, it's not been a hallmark of this team for a couple of years now. Certainly 2017-2018, the Jets, almost every game looked really good. You could probably argue that based on the sheer amount of balance and ability at all zones of the ice and, and certainly at all situations, that team was maybe the best overall squad in the NHL that year. This team, it's not going to be quite at that level, but already we're seeing a pretty consistent level of offensive creation, which, you know, if that's what they bring every night, I'm pretty happy with that. I can live with some defensive gaffes and stuff if the offense and the forwards continue to create this many looks. Now, in this game, I will say that I think Edmonton probably will lead on the expected goals chart. It looks like the models tend to say the same thing. Edmonton had a couple of really close-in chances right in front of Hellebuck, mostly on some poor turnovers, maybe a couple of missed passes, um, but also Edmonton's just got some really great top six skaters, so you really can't afford to give Puyayarvi, McDavid, and Dreisaitl any free looks. Dreisaitl almost had an unbelievable individual goal that probably would have been uh, a goal of the year candidate. He definitely wouldn't have won it because his teammate has already done that pretty much, but even still, I mean... Just an unbelievable effort. He almost dragged the stick around Hellebuck's right pad, but somehow Helly still stuck with it. I thought Winnipeg's offensive creation looked pretty good. They were testing Stuart Skinner with some really difficult deflections and stuff, a couple of nice chances around the face-off circles. The only thing that was a little bit unfortunate was that because Edmonton was kind of getting away with a lot of, like, interferences and holds and stuff, which that's sort of the hallmark of their game when you start moving towards their more, like, depth lines... Um, unfortunately, the Jets just could not find the, the ability to sort of get around into those gaps and spaces because every time that they did, the Oilers would kind of pull them back. 
it kept the Jets just from finding those extra rebounds. There were a couple of times when Skinner was very exposed. PLD almost had, I mean, like an unbelievable goal-scoring opportunity, but thanks to getting low-bridged and tripped, he ended up missing it. So, bit of a, uh, a grindy first period, despite the number of offensive opportunities for both teams. I still would say that I was impressed with the Jets' effort. I thought that they had a very good first period, even by, you know, a, a pretty modest offensive level of production. I still thought it looked fine, and I think the biggest thing that I noticed was that Edmonton's defensive organization looked very pressured and disorganized every time the Jets started gaining offensive zone possession. When Winnipeg starts passing around and starts uh, creating good shooting and passing lanes, Edmonton kind of falls apart, and it opens up gaps where Winnipeg could easily take advantage if they're just a bit more clinical or lucky. So, you know, I, I have to say, despite the maybe modest-looking expected goals totals, I thought the Jets had a pretty okay first 20 minutes. Uh, standout performers, I, I think Hellebuck would be one of the big ones. He made some unbelievable stops, one of them being a glove robbery of Yesapuyarvi. Puyu has been an absolute thorn in Winnipeg's side. He's just a really, really good player. And uh, honestly, I very much enjoy watching him. I wish he wasn't playing against the Jets tonight, but when he's not, he's a ton of fun. He's the kind of power forward with a beautiful release that I honestly think the Jets would have loved many years ago. He's got that dynamic ability to sort of drive into space um, and, and really physically impose his will to uh, squeeze through those gaps and find good shooting lanes. It makes him such a really interesting player. I don't know how many guys out there have his particular style. And also, like off the ice, he's just a bit of a goofball. Uh, but Hellebuck has had his number over the past couple of games. Helly had a robbery of Puyu uh, the other night at home. So tonight, again, he had a great glove save. I mean, it was a little bit of an open shot, but even then, Puyu's release is, is fast and strong enough to just sort of blow by you, which makes Hellebuck say very impressive. Overall, Hellebuck was uh, probably the top performer for the Jets on the period, but overall, I thought Winnipeg's offense looked fine. Ehlers, I thought, had a, a couple of good opportunities to create good shooting lanes. Unfortunately, when he would pass it off, either his teammate kind of missed or mishandled the puck, so hopefully his linemates can kind of start getting on the same pages. You know, Ehlers himself hasn't really been nearly as effective at shooting and finding spaces. I think he is getting banged up a lot. Like, every game, he's taking some super hard slap shot or something, and I imagine over time that's doing at least some level of wear and tear. So hopefully he can kind of stay healthy and keep doing what he's doing. Pierre-Luc Dubois looked like he was bullying people out there. He just continues to be such a dominant force for this team. Um, I'm very much looking forward to him being announced as a long-term extension. He's become, I think, a fan favorite for a lot of people, a guy who I think a lot of uh, Jets fans, they were kind of ready to see the back of him last year, but this season, I, th I think he's finally showing that he can truly be an awesome player. He's looking more like the prime Columbus Blue Jackets day. I just feel like people needed to give him time and patience, and he will reward our faith. He's still without a point in tonight's game, though, and obviously the scoreline is still 0-0, so we'll head into the second period and see how the Jets handle this Oilers offense and, and see if Winnipeg can finally break the ice. But before we check in on the second period, I thought you should hear a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Into another sport? No problem. BetOnline has your back with European football, soccer, NASCAR, MLS, MLB, NBA, every kind of sport imaginable is at your fingertips. 
Go to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From all your favorite sports right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the safest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. So start your winning path today. Sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and don't forget promo code LOCKEDON at registration. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are checking back in on uh, Winnipeg versus Edmonton. It's been the second period. We're currently at intermission again, and uh, yeah, uh, not exactly a, a very exciting game. It is still scoreless, if you can believe it. Partly thanks to Connor Hellebuck and Stuart Skinner being awesome in net. Also partly just to some really poor passing and stuff. I feel like in general both teams are, are skating fast and creating good space, but when it comes to that final killer pass across the slot or the crease, it just hasn't really been there. It, it either gets picked off, it's just wildly inaccurate, or, I don't know, guys are out of position. We've also seen some guys like Riley Nash and Wheeler on the power play they just really struggle to find those lanes. Nash in particular looks very out of place, and that's been the case ever since he was put on the power play to begin with. I thought, you know, when it was in the preseason, I was kind of hoping it would just be like a temporary thing, but I think we all quietly knew in some capacity that it was going to be a test run for, like, actually having him on the power play in the regular season. And it's gone about as well as you expect. I mean, Nash is not exactly an offensive powerhouse, but I think the biggest issue with him is, like, oftentimes there will be a clear passing option. Now, is it a risky one? Yes. You do have to kind of understand he's going to have to thread the needle to, you know, maybe a Kyle Connor or something and find that seam and hope that the pass makes it. But the really good players who should be on the power play are the ones who execute that with ease. Nash will just sort of watch the lane and opt for a much safer option, which I understand that. I mean, he is a more defensively minded forward. He's not looking to take the risky play, but when it comes to the power play and your opportunity to really convert on these chances, you need somebody who's willing to take that gamble and who can actually pull it off. I don't know how much longer this particular charade is going to last because it's just not really working out. The power play is actually less effective than the Jets at even strength, which is crazy. Um, The first unit, I don't think really suffers from the same number of issues, but that second unit with Nash is really rough. Uh, and, and certainly there's potential for them to be a lot better if they were even to just promote somebody like Veselainen or Zvechnikov. I mean, I really don't care. I don't care about their handedness. Anyone other than Nash. You you could even put out, like, I don't know, one of the backup goalies or something in the, in the right face-off circle. Literally anyone but Nash. Riley has a specific role on this team, and I think when he's allowed to just do the more defensive stuff, it's fine. But if you're asking him to be on the power play, it's not going to go well. Uh, and it hasn't so far. It continues to not go well. And it's just frustrating because it does feel like it limits Winnipeg's ability to convert on these opportunities and make the most of the few chances that they've had. In general, the Jets have been taking a lot of shots and there have been some really good opportunities. They actually did hit the crossbar on one chance from Schmidt, but overall it does feel like, I don't know, it's just been a weird kind of mushy defensive game. Um, Winnipeg has been causing Edmonton's defense a lot of issues but it's just not been enough to really put Skinner in a particularly difficult spot. So, yeah, just kind of a mediocre second period. I I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. It's just kind of perfunctory. With the Jets having had two back-to-back power plays within the span of, like, uh, five minutes or so, it is frustrating that they couldn't take advantage of it, but it is what it is. 
Uh, at least they did have the um, on-ice advantage against the Oilers. They generally outplayed them, created better chances. Edmonton had a couple of okay counters here and there, but it wasn't much that Hellebuck had to worry about. For the most part, the Jets kind of controlled things, and it, it was similar to what we saw last uh, last Tuesday. So I'm somewhat curious to see how this unfolds in the third period, but hopefully we actually get some scoring. At this point, I'll take anyone scoring, just goals, please. It's a little bit boring being a nothing-nothing game. Uh, but aside from that, I did want to highlight one thing that's happening for the Jets elsewhere, um, and that is with the Manitoba Moose. Cole Perfetti has a three-point night, including a goal. Vili Heinola had a highlight reel very near goal. Uh, unfortunately, just got blocked and sent wide, but Heinola's walk through the slot was amazing. And, and so I feel like, you know, there's room for improvement for this Jets team that's still very good. Once the trade deadline rolls around and we start getting towards the uh, the playoff stretch, I would really like to see Perfetti and Heinola get chances. Stanley, uh, in tonight's game, I think is showing why he still has a couple of like clear limitations. One of the things that always strikes me with him is that He's a very tall, very strong player, and yet when he's matched against skaters who either get a slight step on him or something along, you know, below the goal line and along the walls, Stanley's not really able to contain them. I know that you know those elusive forwards can be really difficult to track down and hold, but you know Stanley is a big kid. He's got to use his body and frame a little bit more effectively, and that's one thing I really wish he he used because. When you look at him in you know odd man situations or rush counters, we all know that Stanley's not going to be able to seal those off all that well. If he pitches correctly and maybe gets a guy skating into him, he, he can usually handle that kind of stuff. But if he's the one being um, in pursuit of another skater, it's usually not likely that he'll catch up and, and make the defensive play. So, you know, you have to be willing to be strong along the boards, and I'm just not seeing it. And then when he's matched up against skaters with really good one-on-one matchup abilities, it's just not really going to go well for him. He's not a DeMello or a, a Pionk or anything like that. He's Logan. And, you know, while he does have abilities to disrupt plays here and there, overall I think we've just seen about as much as he can do. I don't know that Bowie would exactly be an upgrade there. Maybe he would be a little bit more physical and a little bit more able to make those plays. Nate's not exactly a stalwart defender himself, so... I kind of shrug at that, but I think what Heinola could bring and really shows, uh, especially with the Moose right now, is that he has this ability to be such a dynamic presence on the back end, and he would be the space creator and uh, power play quarterback, something that I think the Jets could really use for that second unit. If you're going to be doing weird stuff like Riley Nash on the power play, Josh Morrissey on the right faceoff circle, why wouldn't you also do some stuff with some of your younger rookies who might be able to make a real impact on the team? At the bare minimum, I would love to see Perfetti this year. I, I think he's probably ready for NHL time. I've said that previously, but the more that he continues to dominate at the AHL level, the more he really does deserve to get that call-up. Same with David Gustafson. Both are, are ready for this next step, and until they get unleashed, the Jets are just going to be very close to great, but still uh, you know, having that room for improvement. So I would like to see one of them get called up. I don't think it's going to happen for most of the year, if at all. But maybe uh, maybe hope springs eternal, and we can see one of these guys who can bring that extra little bit of scoring edge that this team could use. For now, though, we've got about 20 minutes remaining in this game, so let's see how the Jets fare against the Oilers and hope for a Winnipeg win. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight with some thoughts on Winnipeg's game versus the Edmonton Oilers. Unfortunately, while I wish I could report a victory the Jets fell in a shootout. So still one point in a very convincing effort, I would say. 
the Jets honestly got a bit goalied. There were some tactical decisions that I, I do have a couple of questions about. Uh, the Jets ended up uh, getting really close to scoring in regulation. Um, Edmonton did too, though. At the start of the third period, the Oilers kind of had Winnipeg a little bit on the back foot, which you'd expect. It's not like the Oilers are just going to sit back and let the Jets kind of walk over them as they did in the previous game. But by the same token, I kind of thought, you know, Winnipeg needs to up the pressure. And as the game started to wear down, the Jets actually did ramp up, uh, ramp up the speed and aggression. I thought, especially like the back half of the third period, Winnipeg was faster, it looked more aggressive, but you could also tell that there was some fatigue starting to set in, and then it it almost got to overtime. But right before, um, you know, we got a nice, nice goal from Nikolai Ehlers on a ridiculous slap shot, like a one-time opportunity almost from the high slot area that I don't even know how it just blew by Skinner, but it was a ridiculous shot. And then things were feeling pretty good, but for some reason, you know, right after that goal, McDavid steps on the ice, and the Jets decide to trot out Logan Stanley, and Stanley didn't actually make the defensive read on McDavid as he's coming in. He kind of dipsy-doodled outside, inside, outside, inside, you know, the usual McDavid stuff. Stanley didn't really have a shot, and uh, less than 30 seconds later, it's tied, and so it then has to go towards the death, really, and, and you know, Winnipeg got close to ending it in regulation, but then... Uh, you know, the Jets got a power play, a four-on-three power play, a double minor at that uh, against McDavid to take into overtime, and they didn't convert. Now, I will say I was happy to see four forwards out there, but one of the forwards was Blake Wheeler playing at the point. As much as I want Wheeler to be successful and to score a lot, unfortunately, OT on the power play is just not really where I would want to be seeing him, especially high up in that zone area, because you need somebody who's fast, who can uh, shut down counters rapidly if you make a turnover, and who can also possess a really high-end, long-distance shot. Wheeler just doesn't really have any of those traits. The thing that he does have is good passing, so if you wanted to use him down near the face-off circles or something, fine, whatever, I can I can live with that. But having him at the point, I, I just think, was setting it up for disaster. It didn't necessarily bite Winnipeg in the butt. You know, they didn't score on, like, a shorthanded opportunity or anything, but it just wasn't really all that dangerous of a uh, of a power play. It felt like there were a couple of really good chances. Um, Stuart Skinner was honestly marvelous in that, and he definitely was the first star of the night. But Winnipeg also occasionally feels like there's just one more decision that they could make to put themselves in an even better position to win. And sometimes they still opt to kind of go with the more tried and true method, which I get, okay? I, I understand that this is like a human business. It's not just a bunch of machines but by the same token, when you look at the roster options that you have, and you have a chance to put Edmonton down twice in a week and take four points, I just don't see why you don't go for the kill there. So, yeah, I mean, I really can't complain about the effort. Overall, I thought the game was pretty great. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, it's a little bit annoying in the way that the Jets dropped the last point. I can't really complain, I guess. It's just kind of like, it always feels like there's just that one last detail that could make Winnipeg an even better team, but for some reason, they just kind of go back to old habits, so maybe it's something that they'll break over the next couple of months, I don't know. Wheeler, I think, you know, his role has changed a lot with his team this year. I think the, the coaching staff recognizes he can't really keep up the way he used to, and maybe Blake himself realizes he needs to kind of slow the game down a bit. Whatever the case may be, it was a fun night, and tomorrow the Jets get to do it again. They'll be facing the Vancouver Canucks, which I don't know. That's going to be a weird one. Vancouver is desperate for a victory. I know that they're a very bad team, but make no mistake, a cornered animal tends to be the most aggressive and dangerous, and the Jets 
probably expended at least a decent amount of energy here in this game, so we'll see how they do. I still expect the Jets to probably eke out a win. We'll see what happens. For tonight's show, though, that is going to do it. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make Locked On Bets your second listen, as they're your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Listen to Locked On Bets today. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. As always, thank you for your support. Have a great night, and go Jets go.